You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week are Tina Amini. Hi, everybody. Justin Davis. Scoop. And viral TikTok sensation Seth <laughs> Macy is here. I am ready to tick and or talk. Sitting in for Sam this week. And Seth, your shirt is insane. Oh, thank you. This is a meth syndicate. It, it arrived literally before I came down to record, and I was like, I'm wearing this on the show because I love it so much. It is an absolutely insane shirt. Sorry if I, sorry for everyone who's listening to the show. Uh, <laughs> step on by our YouTube channel to see what Seth is wearing. We or have TikTok. a great show for you this week. Uh, we're going to talk about the... Um, we have a question. This is by request. The pros and cons of both the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. One of our listeners wants to get in. He's been out of the game for a while and wants to get back in. He wants our advice. What's what? How, how do both of these systems stack up to each other nine months into their lifespan? We're also going to talk about the biggest game announcement of the year, which happened this week, in case you weren't paying attention. Please be excited. Mm -hmm. But first, uh, both of those aforementioned next slash current gen consoles, PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X slash S, are both unqualified hits. They're both successes. PS5 has passed 10 million units sold. That's a milestone it reached faster than the PlayStation 4. And then over on the Xbox side, uh, although we don't have hard numbers, both the Series X and S are the fastest selling consoles in Xbox history. Um, so it's just an interesting dichotomy. It seems, if you like check around uh, online on, on, on social media, it seems like a lot of people are having a really hard time finding the consoles, and yet they're selling fabulously well, but even better than the previous generation. Tina, how do, how do these things, these, seems, these, these two facts seem to be at odds with each other. How is this possible? Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it just goes to show the extent of its popularity, and obviously that contributes. It's generally more about um, the hardware and the chip shortages and everything that's been impacting that industry on a manufacturing level. But um, it's, I'm sure it doesn't help that it's also incredibly popular. Just like with the Steam Deck, they did something mm. really clever with pre-orders where they didn't just limit the pre-orders and say, okay, we're sold out at this, at this level. They kind of did these predictions of windows in which you'd be able to get your pre-order of the Steam Deck um, by saying like, yeah, you're being pushed into the next year even at a certain rate. So that's just kind of the inevitability of all of these consoles uh, and scalpers are certainly not helping because, yes, the online joke has consistently been, oh, like, congratulations to all 10 people, including <laughs> our own IGN deals joke, which I really loved, by the way. Um, but, yes, it's just the, the running joke is probably all of those have gone to scalpers. Yeah. But, you know, some of them for sure, but not, you know, 
not all of them, them. not most of them even, you know, I mean, we're seeing uh, like the PS fives are about $750 on the secondary market right now, which is Mm -hmm. still, you know, it's a $500 console. So it's insane Mm -hmm. and sad that we're this many months in, but that is way down, right? Like the closer and closer that price gets to $500, like the, 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 like, that's the point where like, oh, these things are just available. Um, Mm -hmm. And the Xbox is even more inexpensive than that. Seth, what's your take on all this? It's hard to believe, but we, we came <laughs> so far. But here we are now. People actually have these new consoles. I don't know many of them who actually have. In fact, come to think of it, outside of work, I don't know anybody who has a PlayStation 5. Which you, is Outside not. of work, do you know anyone who wants a PlayStation 5? Hmm. I, no, that's weird. All my friends are shills for Xbox. Wow. Now that I think about it, man. I just don't have like friends that are really into gaming. So that, that was yeah. more of what my question was. Oh, I, just, I, I, I thought it was console. I just don't have this period. So <laughs> <laughs> someone had to make that joke. <laughs> um, you, you know, it's, it's a testament to like, it feels like these consoles are impossible to find and there's all these COVID related difficulties, but the fact that they're faster selling than ever, the fastest selling PlayStation, the fastest selling Xbox ever, like what a testament to the continued growth of video games period, right? Yep. Like mm-hmm. the bar exactly. just keeps moving for what success looks like. You know, the Xbox is, um, is behind, like it's behind the PlayStation and obviously the switch is such an unmitigated success too. And yet it's still the fastest selling Xbox ever made. So, you know, what, what more could they ask for? Um, it's awesome. Yeah. It's it so, seems like so cool to see that pie just keep getting bigger and bigger. I think, I think you're exactly right. It seems like in the last generation with PlayStation 4, Xbox one supply was pretty much meeting demand They're right here. But now this time around supply has increased a little, but demand has like, you know, leapfrogged over it. It seems like. Yeah, I have to wonder if like part of that is the the pandemic and people being introduced to the new consoles because it's mm-hmm. increasingly a territory where mainstream media wants to cover these things too. So people are like, oh, what's this new technology? So it's not even necessarily about um, like, a, oh, a new gaming platform and I want to mm-hmm. play all of those like Sony exclusives and whatever, but it might just be the appeal of we're in a era where like VR is a little bit more mainstream and piquing people's mainstream curiosity and like new technology new technology in general must be an appeal to, but I have to think that obviously every console generation, there are, it's an upgrade and there's a reason to upgrade, even if you do own a console. But in this case in particular, it feels like one of the more valuable upgrades, especially with backward compatibility mm-hmm. and some of the things like, uh, you know, the load times um, being far, far significantly less painful uh, I, it just seems like the kind of console generation that everybody would want to jump on. I don't, touch my xbox my previous xbox or previous playstation generations anymore i've oh, just yeah. given those away to people because it's just not necessary to keep them around <laughs> yeah my mine aren't even hooked up they're in the garage <laughs> in the um, garage oh they're gonna take on so much moisture out there <laughs> even yeah. out here i don't know, I don't know. Uh, well that, they're in that, like a plastic bin but okay. anyway uh so we don't have like hard numbers on how many xbox series xrs have sold however analyst daniel ahmad says we estimate that the xbox series x and s total sell in was six and a half million as of june 30th um and that sell in means sold to retailers not necessarily sold to people but i don't think there are a lot of xbox series x consoles sitting in retailers waiting (laughs) to be sold so even if we just assume they've sold six and a half million that's compared to ps5 at 10 million so definitely you know pretty far behind um but that's not like the whole story as we uh, found with last generation it's possible for a company like xbox to be in second place and still be profitable still be fabulously so um it's not all about just just selling more units than the than the other guy well in the case of xbox in particular like it's going to be a lot of that services revenue too is what they're going to care as much or more about than the sell-through of the consoles um you know that's a huge thing for apple it's a huge thing for every company right Mm -hmm. it's like the hardware is really a vehicle for them making money on this like higher margin you know software and services business um Mm -hmm. so you know the whole economics of of how video games work is even changing and evolving Mm -hmm. plus that's even before you know, Starfield this year and maybe other mm-hmm. Elder Scrolls six, you know, we'll see what happens with all those Bethesda games. Yeah. One of the, go ahead. 
No, you go. I was going to change topics, sort of. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm done. No, I'm no. doing it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the other details I thought was really fascinating was that MLB, the show 21, yes. um, they cited, like Sony themselves cited that it was the fastest selling title <clears throat> in that franchise's history. And it was from our news story, it was um, 2 million copies sold as of July 18th across all platforms. Uh, and then it, but it reached more than 4 million players, which exactly. presumably means that's from Xbox Game Pass. So exactly. that's yeah. like, you know, Xbox getting a slice of that as well. Yeah, I wouldn't have played MLB The Show if it weren't for Xbox Game Pass. And I, <laughs> I'm glad that I got to play it. I had a horrible minor league <laughs> career. And then I was like, well, I'm uninstalling this now. <laughs> Yeah, that's Sounds really fun. cool to think that Xbox is doubling the uh, the player pool for, for MLB The Show. So with all this in mind, our friend Ryan Smith in Los Angeles wrote to us for advice. He says, I'm a longtime listener from <clears throat> the earliest single-digit episodes of GameScoop. Whoa. Well, there weren't very many of those. There were nine of them. <laughs> I'm a long list. <laughs> Since I'm in my mid-30s now, and to be honest, I haven't played many games since college, but I kept up with gaming through your podcast. I think I'm finally going to buy a console in 2021. Or are you? Can you find one? <laughs> Can yeah. you guys run down this very basic thing? What are the pros and cons of buying an Xbox Series X versus a PlayStation 5? I think I want to buy an Xbox because more of my friends have it. I think that's the best reason. But I'd like to hear the rundown <clears throat> from people I know and trust and like. And that's you. What do most of you use at home? Ooh. I mean, if your friends have the Xbox, get that one. That's all I'm going to say because everyone will get hmm. rural mad if I speak highly of one or the other. Or, <laughs> that's oh. all you're going to say? <laughs> but that's, that's uh, it. Uh, Nothing else. No. But <laughs> riling up the fanboys is like one of the big perks of the job. That's true. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, that's think, the best, most fun part of the job. I think that's exactly what you did, Justin, right? When you, you tweeted about this topic, I believe. Oh, yeah. They all got big mad. Um, Change.org petition <laughs> to have Justin <laughs> removed. Yeah, don't don't joke about that. Um, uh, yeah, so, okay. I'm trying to reorient myself around like a serious answer to that question. Uh, you know, Tina, you alluded to this a minute ago, where like the next gen consoles seem to both of them actually seem to have a very sort of player first mentality of like, let's make it convenient and easy and nice and like pleasant for people to get into their games more quickly. Um, and they both have a bunch of quality of life features, which I appreciate. But but for me, I think the Xbox edges it out like everything else being equal, like there's a multi platform game, it's available on both consoles. At this point, I'm more willing to play it and download it and spend time with it on my Xbox than my PS5 um, because of features like Quick Resume. Um, mm -hmm. It's um, it's one of those things that on paper, I just I didn't think I would care about it. It was like, it was like mm -hmm. a, oh, that's neat. But then when I'm actually experiencing it in my real life, like <laughs> I think I joked on Scoop before, the decision on whether I'm going to sit down and play a video game for two hours in the evening or not is determined by like, well, can I get into that game in 20 seconds or does it take, you know, 90 seconds to boot mm -hmm. up and then get through those title screens again? And it, and it really does make a material difference for me. Yeah, I, I think 100 percent. Well, it's a couple things like, you know, it's it's very common for people to gravitate towards the console where their friends are playing. That makes complete sense. Um, it's I always used to be like an Xbox dominant player, mostly because of Halo. So it just kind of was the consistent platform that worked for me. Um, but for PS4, a bunch of my friends transitioned to playing multiplayer games on PS4, and it, there was like a slight edge out in terms of graphical um, uh, fidelity. So a bunch of people gravitated towards PS4, and so I did the same, like a like a sheep that I am. <laughs> no, I did so because you know you want to play games with your friends on the platform where they exist. So that's I think the most important thing, especially if you're a social gamer. If you're Sam, who's not here on this episode, you'd be like, absolutely not. That's not a consideration for me at all. I don't play yeah. multiplayer games. Totally fair. Uh, so yeah, for me, completely with Justin, was not expecting Quick Resume to be this life-changing uh, little um, aspect of gaming, but wow, it genuinely is. Like it's it's incredible to feel like you can jump between watching something um, on Netflix and then jumping between like Assassin's Creed and then Resident Evil just so fluidly mm -hmm. and picking up like exactly where you left off. Uh, it's such an incredible feature. If I had to break down what maybe the pros and cons are between the two, I would say some of Xbox's features 
like quick resume and smart delivery, which um, PlayStation kind of has a version of, but not quite. They just kind of tell you like, oh, this is a PS4 version versus PS5 because both of them have backward compatibility. But Xbox seems to be supporting that more. But to move off of my rambling tangent, uh, I, I think that PlayStation 5's biggest benefit is that controller. Oh, my God. To, and like to Xbox's credit, they completely acknowledge that, uh, you know, just the battery issue aside, just the fact that, um, you know, that it's got various features. Um, it's just better designed in a general aspect. I think it's universally embraced as uh, the better controller between the two. But uh, it's got like 3D audio as well. They have this guide feature that isn't too widely used just yet. Um, so there's some features that PlayStation 5 has that could be interesting, but Xbox right now has the more tangibly useful features in a more immediate way. So that's just been where I've gravitated, uh, multiplayer games or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that controller, the rumble in it and the, the triggers, that stuff's no joke. Um, you know, I think the HD rumble in the switch kind of sucks. Like I think it's a gimmick and I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, Ooh, tilt your controller around and see how many Mm -hmm. ice cubes are in the, in the (laughs) cup. And I'm like, give me a break. But like, (laughs) <laughs> it feels night and day different to me in the PS5. And it's one of those, it's another thing like quick resume that I kind of had to experience for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that controller. Yeah, and like is... the Nintendo Rumble gave it kind of a bad rap. So people are like, oh, who cares about that? But it's genuinely a different experience for PlayStation 5. They're yeah. made by the same company. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, but, weird, right? Yeah. I don't I don't know yeah. if the actuators several, are more powerful or several you, years you know, apart, there's... maybe they just got they mm-hmm. got better. I, that dual so, that dual sense controller is is phenomenal, and I would almost tip towards that. But if your friends are on Xbox, get the Xbox Flight Simulator is on Xbox. If you get yeah. Game Pass, I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of that. And also the thing that they didn't change from PS4 to PS5, and this is so stupid, but it drives me crazy, is when the power goes out, my PlayStation Five scolds me. Yes, for not properly shutting it down, and it takes like ten problem. minutes to start back up, and I hate that. And I don't know why. Xbox and I, doesn't do that to me. Yeah, and I don't know how widespread this is, but I do have uh, a recurring issue where after I, I put it to sleep, it will turn itself off at some point, and then when I come back to it, oh. like you said, it chastises me for well, that. You I've looked, were I, bad. I know. You I've looked around for the a, rules. I don't think there's a solve for this issue yet, but I have seen other people are having this issue, so that's annoying. But you know, that's not like I don't think it's like super widespread. I have both I consoles. Mean, I like them both. I, I use them both. Um, I think pretty equally. Uh, I think for Ryan Smith in Los Angeles, like Tino was saying, it kind of depends on what types of games you think you'll be playing. If your friends are on Xbox and you plan on playing with your friends, then definitely go with Xbox. But if you like more AAA single player, you know, epic immersive experiences, Sony definitely has the edge there, at least for now. Um, so I, the way that I have my console set up in my house kind of determines how I play them. My Xbox is hooked up to the main TV in the family room upstairs. And then my PS5 is down here in the office where the, cu- the couch is much closer to the TV. Yeah. And I've got my 3D, um, my PlayStation headphones. So like I've been playing more single player immersive stuff. Uh, I'm playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order down here right now. And then I'm playing upstairs on Xbox when I'm playing something more like Monster Train that doesn't really require. You know, something I don't really feel like I'm, you know, going on an adventure. Mm-hmm. But that's I just think, like, that's just me. I think you touched on something pretty important there, Damon, which is like just the first party exclusive games and the nature of the games that hit both these platforms. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm a gigantic fan of Halo and Bethesda games, and I'm really, really excited to play them on my Xbox. But like, if I were forced to pick, like, you know, you're forced to pick which one of your kids is your favorite. Like, <laughs> pound for pound, like, Sony Studios is making the best games on Earth, and they seem to give their to- their teams unlimited time and money to make yeah. the absolute perfect game at a level that, like, no one else, like, you know, God of War and Uncharted and Last of Us, like, Microsoft, no- nobody else has anything. Any other game franchises that approach several of the heavy hitters that uh that sony is able to put out year after year and um Mm -hmm. you know if that's not your taste if you're an fps gamer like that you know obviously doesn't matter to you like you know play play what you like but um but they make they make they make the greatest games i think i yeah i would agree with that we haven't mentioned game pass um you know that's definitely something to consider Uh, an incredible value on the xbox side of things uh, you could buy an Xbox and not buy a game, <laughs> but subscribe to Game Pass and be able to play over a hundred of them. You know, I mean that promise. Like I fulfilled the promise of Game Pass last night, where I'm kind of in between games last night, and I just like sat down, 
turned on my Xbox and it's like, let's just find a game to play. Let's just yeah. find something that catches my eye. And it's just completely frictionless in a way that uh, the switch actually comes pretty close to that. Just from pick up and you're in a game, but, but not from having a library at your fingertips at, at, you know, at any moment. Yeah. So Ryan Smith in Los Angeles, I hope that was helpful. I don't think there are big cons with either system. I think they're yeah. both, both great new consoles. Get an Xbox. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> Justin says get an Xbox. You're more likely to get an Xbox. Get, uh, get an Xbox now and then later get a PS5 when some of those big, you know, quadruple well, A games that I'm talking about actually come out and exist. Except he ha- he's kind of been out of gaming for a long time. So if he got mm. a PlayStation, all of a sudden he's got, <gasps> oh, know, got, got a war and Ghost of Tsushima and uh, Uncharted. If he's 4 been out and, for a while. He gets Game Pass and he goes to go play all those games he missed that were on yeah, Xbox, right. Xbox 360, and Xbox One. That's so there true. You go. Boom. That's a good true. point. Good point. You don't have to buy the games on Xbox. Right. Exactly right. Okay, Justin, do you know what this uh, incredible game announcement I was alluding to before? Is? Oh, 100%. Yes. <laughs> I feel like you're the only one here who might appreciate along, this <laughs> along with me. Uh, there are like 500 Picross games on the Nintendo Switch now, but mm-hmm. the one I've been waiting for uh, was de- actually going to be delivered by Sega before Nintendo. It's the Picross S Genesis Edition. So, Picross with um, pixel art from, oh, good, good, Ryan has the um, trailer here. <laughs> pixel art from classic Sega Genesis games and Master System games. Ooh. I don't, yeah. So it's just like, I love Picross, but <gasps> every Picross game that Nintendo has put out, it's like, it's just generic pixel art. And it's like, why, why aren't I unveiling, you know, classic Nintendo pixel art instead of just something <laughs> generic? Anyway, this is Sega. Sega was just like, oh, I'll do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should clarify that Picross is actually, um, you know, like a name brand. It's a Kleenex, right? We're like, that's sure. the name brand. And those games are all made by Jupiter. And they sure. released, you know, a billion of them on the DS. And um, and now they've continued to extend them onto the, uh, onto the Switch. And then there's all kinds of other companies that do, you know, these puzzles just as well or better, but they're not allowed to call them Picross. So I actually own, ooh, I wish yeah. I could name drop a couple, but now they're escaping me. I've bought several <laughs> of them. And and they're really good. Yeah, it just seems like it just seems like a no brainer to me to like uh, just make it make it Picross, but with Nintendo characters and properties. They've it's all started with Mario's Picross on what the mm-hmm. Game Boy, I think. Yeah, um, well, this is what the second one made me think. Like, um, I I never played Pokemon Picross, and I always kind of regret mm-hmm. that. And I always think about like I hover over like the eBay buy button sometimes. Like, should I buy Pokemon Picross? And I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet, but. Damon, like you said, when you have a connection to yeah. like the the puzzle is still really good, but it's not like that satisfying to make like an apple <laughs> out of pixel art <laughs> or like, yeah, that's you know, I mean. just some weird scene. Like when you have nostalgia for the music and the scene that you're building, like, oh, it's so much better. <sighs> Seth, how well do you know your your classic Sega games? I uh, I was very I was anti Sega, like just violently anti-Sega. <laughs> Such a Nintendo fanboy. And then Sonic came out and I asked for a Genesis for Christmas and I got one and I was like, wow, I missed out uh, yeah. on a lot of really cool stuff. Actually, the cracks began to form in my fanboy uh, facade when my friend invited me over for a sleepover and he was a Master System kid. He's kind of weird. But uh, he had uh, the first Fantasy Star game on Master System and I hung out and he beat the game and i was like oh everything i've been told is a lie like this game is incredible but i had to you know maintain appearances but this looks this looks awesome i mean i love pixel art i love genesis i love the master system like aesthetic and i guess this is proven that genesis does what nintendo don't exactly exactly (laughs) right seth uh there are 59 classic sega games featured here everything from alter beast afterburner all three golden axes kid chameleon outrun puyo puyo man it's gonna be great uh and it's not we don't have to wait very long it's out next week august 5th and it's 10 bucks sweet that is the perfect price you don't you don't get a lot of kid chameleon references anymore in 2021 you sure don't that might be that's like legitimately probably one of my top 10 most played 16 i think i played kid chameleon more than mario and like i don't know what that says about me i played it a lot and like it's not very good but it was just like the game of my youth yeah back then you just you played what you had (laughs) a lot of a lot of vector man played in the davis household (laughs) yeah (laughs) a lot of uh fester's quest 
and oh. Hatfield Hassle. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Bianca from Columbus, Ohio did. Bianca wants to know, is the PETS initiative dead? And I've come to realize that the <laughs> PETS acronym is not quite as well known as I thought it was among <laughs> Scoop Nation. Uh, PETS stands for Port Everything to Switch. And I believe Justin Davis coined that term years ago. Is that really and then true? And promptly forgot about it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But Bianca says, yeah. hello, GameScoop crew. My friends are chatting about this new Steam Deck. We are really excited about it. PC gaming, possible Xbox Game Pass crossover. Some of us bought games that we own on Steam for the Switch because of the convenience of handheld gaming. So I was wondering, is port everything to Switch dead now because of the Steam Deck? And I don't know, maybe. Mm. We, were talking about, mm-hmm. we were talking about this a few episodes ago. Uh, Seth was saying that with the Steam Deck, it's like, you know, you can play Witcher 3 on uh, on Nintendo Switch, but it is far from the ideal way to play it. But you'll be able to play Witcher 3 on the Steam Deck in the, it'll be the ideal version of it. So it's kind of I like, mean, why would you play anything, any third party game on the Nintendo Switch now if you could on Steam Deck? Because no, like, non-video game familiar person is going to know what the mm-hmm. hell a Steam Deck is. They might see it and think it's like kind of interesting and exciting, but like, no, this is for like people like us. This isn't for mainstream audiences. Like this isn't going to, this isn't going to affect, this isn't going to affect the switch in the slightest bit. That's what we're talking about though. We're we're talking about, it's not going to, I mean, as far as like bringing things to to switch, like why would you, if you had a a game, a little game, a little fun, little indie game, I don't know about like a little dragon man who has to find (laughs) his dad or something. And you had success in steam dragon dad. Yeah, Dragon Dad. I love. Yeah, <laughs> there it is, Dragon Dad, the indie game, IGN's indie game of 2022. Um, and you were looking at the Steam Deck, and you're like, "Oh, there's a lot of enthusiasts who are buying the $600 thing." And then you looked at Nintendo, and you're like, "Oh, wow, there are uh, millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to be made here if I market this correctly, and if I just get it into the Nintendo ecosystem." So yeah, it's still going to go to the Nintendo ecosystem. Nintendo sold the Switch at the like the high. It was the number one selling console for 30 months in a row. As a record in the United States. No other console yeah. has done that. So, yeah, everything's still coming to Switch because that's where all the money is because that's where all the players are. 
Well, okay, but we're talking about it from like a business strategy standpoint versus like my standpoint is like, I want to play Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Like, what's the best, coziest, easiest way for me to pick up and play? iPad. You know, that, yeah. So, but like, maybe, but like, then you got a pair of controller. But I'm not, I'm not saying iPad's not the answer, but I'm just saying that's the calculus for me. And that's what put everything on Switch was about is just because like, I'm going to lean back on my couch and I want to play a video game and it's right there and cozy and easy. And so from that perspective, like I have 1400 games in my steam library and the ones that I don't own could be in my steam library pretty quickly and easily with, you know, a seamless transaction, like in, in the days of PC gaming being a, uh, you know, it's been a decade or more since it was some weird redheaded stepchild. Like you can, Obviously, every console has its, has its exclusives, and not everything comes to PC. But like, you know, gone are the days where like, oh, I wish they'd make a PC version of this game. Like all the franchises that are important to me that are multi-platform are on PC, like Yakuza. So, yeah, man, Steam Deck's looking pretty attractive for supplanting the Switch as like, well, you know, I want I want every game on that platform for convenience's sake. Mm-hmm. Same here. I I think like the the pets initiative for me at the very least I mind so much less now because I absolutely have my pre pre order in and I cannot wait to get my hands on this thing and I think I'm going to be playing a lot or I'm going to dabble with more games than ever before because of the accessibility of PC now and then the access or I guess the accessibility of games the range of games that are on PC. Um, and then the accessibility of the Steam Deck being something where you can like on the go dabble with things. So I, I get mm-hmm. the impression that like my port everything to Switch desires are less intensive now that I have this as an alternative. But I also see what Seth's saying in the sense that, um, you know, it's there's still going to be a lot of especially younger gamers who might not be buying these things on their own. If their parents are <coughs> buying platforms for them, they might be a little less uh, you know, excited about buying them something with more of an open OS, like who knows what their kids can do in those kind of circumstances. Whereas like, you know what you're Ooh. getting with, with Nintendo yeah. um, and the, like the, the wider, more mainstream understanding of Nintendo pl- as a platform is going to lend itself to more younger gamers wanting all of those games to come on switch too. So I think there's still going to be a cabal of people that are still really interested in that. Um, and a bit of a side note, but relevant is I don't know if you guys have seen White Lotus on HBO, um, but one of the characters is like, I assume this teenage kid um, and he has a Nintendo Switch, but he's still in dialogue, calls it his Nintendo because that's still just the way people understand Nintendo platforms to this day, somehow. So there's the, the, the name recognition is a, is, is a real thing. Um, a, a couple considerations. One, the Steam Deck is a real chonker. Um, and I say that with affection, but that thing is big and it is heavy. Like it weighs not quite as much as two switches, but close, um, which, you know, I don't know. I trust Bo Moore's hands on where he's like, no, it feels great in your hand. It doesn't feel like a problem. So it's like, I do believe him, but it's still sort of like, like, I don't know. And like, and that thing, the switch, I just saw a comparison today, not the switch, the steam deck is um, if you put two Vitas side by side, the Steam Deck is only two inches wider than that. So it's like, like it's a feat of engineering that, as you said, like it, it embarrasses the Switch when it comes to playing something like The Witcher. Like it's a night and day difference how powerful and versatile and like impressive that thing is. But like, but I still feel like in another like two years we would have been in like a better state like cram all that technology down into a handheld that feels a little bit more svelte and switch-like. Sure. Yeah. So Seth, the question isn't, do you think the Steam Deck is going to, uh, is going to overtake Switch in sales? The question is, if you owned both a Switch and a Steam Deck, which platform would you choose to play The Witcher 3 on? Oh, well, I mean, come on, obvious. But that's, that's, that's the whole question. <laughs> but that supposes that, like, I don't know. I think I'm the only person who's just like, eh. I'll get one eventually. I'll get it when it's on a, the Steam sale. Like I got my Steam link for $5. <laughs> yeah. You could play my, you could play Flight Simulator on Steam Deck. That is mm. true, but that would be the worst possible way <laughs> to play Flight Simulator. Flight Simulator on the Nintendo Switch. No. No, exactly. I do not I do not want to play Flight Simulator in a handheld. In a lot of mm. games that I have on my PC, I would never want to play on handheld. Yeah. I would never want to play like Doom on Switch. 
So I'm not going to play. I wouldn't want to play it on the the Steam Deck either, even if it is running at like an incredible like frame rate and and resolution. It's just like I don't know. I like I having mean, my we, mouse like, keyboard over here. Like <laughs> Seth, you're making a goof about like buying no. it in a Steam sale with the Steam Link, but like. But you bring up a good point, which is that Valve does not have a great hardware track record. Um, you know, so there's an argument that like maybe it's not the worst idea to take a little bit of a wait and see approach with the Steam Deck from that perspective. What was that Nvidia thing that came out like eight years ago? Well, was, the Nvidia Shield still the exists. If that's oh, what you're talking what? about, what really? I should know yeah, this. It's a it's a really good um, like TV like high end TV streaming box. Like it may actually be the best one. But what, um, is I don't, that, is I don't it know still how the handle it is. Uh, no, you're thinking of um, well, yeah. and maybe it was a spinoff of the Shield line, but um, I don't know. It's gone. It's out of my brain. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. This is Josh from Kansas City. Josh says, I enjoy listening to the crew every week, so keep up the nicely job. I am a father of a one-year-old daughter, and I'm only just now being able to get back into the swing of things with playing video games as she's starting to sleep through the night. I know some of you have children of your own or other things to keep you busy, but how do you manage it all? Do you usually have to uh, set time to play games? Do you sacrifice sleep and stay up late? I fear that I won't get to play those big open world 100-hour games anymore and stick to shorter bite-sized games. Just not enough time in the day. Love to hear your routine and any advice for balancing family and gaming would be appreciated. So I just, I, <laughs> you guys, what, what, you've got, what was this? It's John. Got, what's that his name? Josh, Josh, John, Josh. I have bad news for you, man. Like there's no going back. Um, <laughs> and Seth, your kids are older than mine. So I'm curious to get your perspective as well. But like, mm-hmm. if you just think about it rationally, like before you had kids, you had this much time. I'm going to move my hands where my hands <laughs> there you, go. you had this much time to do shit. And now your kids, no matter what, are going to take up a big chunk of that time that you used to just have for yourself, for you and your partner. Like, and, um, and you never get that back. Um, and, and Seth, I know that you, now that your kids are teens, like they're starting to leave you alone, but you Sorry. still have all kinds of dad commitments and family commitments that yeah. like, that never go away and never change. <laughs> Ah, I assume you get out. to play games with them, though. So it's like two birds, one stone. Eventually, uh, when they're old enough yeah. to do that. Yeah, but it's not. Fun. It's a chore to play games with your kids until they're older. <laughs> that is, I mean, yeah. like that sounds pretty harsh, but it's a hundred percent true. I can remember when yeah. we played uh, New Super Mario Brothers on Wii, and Connor would just like it was fun for him to just jump off the screen. It would be like shake your Wiimote, say bubble up, bubble up. Mm-hmm. Ah! Yeah, they, they try to get into antics. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's uh, like the first game that we ever let Connor play officially was Lego Star Wars 2. Mm-hmm. And he would want me to like help him along and we would get to a place and he would immediately turn into R2-D2 and just make R2-D2 go off the side of a cliff yep. repeatedly because he liked the sound that R2 made as he was, was plummeting to his doom. And he would just do that over and over and over again. And I, just, I can't I can't do this. I have other no, like. I enjoy playing games with my kids as a way to like spend time with them and bond with them and just, you know, be together as a family, but I'm not getting any like video game enjoyment time (laughs) out of that. It's um, it's in like the family time bucket. It's not in the Justin is getting video game time bucket for sure. sure. It's like reading a book to your kids. You're like, this book sucks, man, but they (laughs) sure do love this mouse and how you should never give them a cookie. (laughs) <laughs> Although, yo, I just yeah. started reading Dinotopia to my daughter. That's, and that shit is incredible. I love that book. <laughs> I um, have a copy of that, not my kids. <laughs> I, f- I feel like I was building up to a point and now it's gone. <laughs> well, oh, I, you, I, I, my experience has been a little bit sunnier. Uh, you know, obviously having a kid changes everything, but I still play if not as much as as much video games as ever pretty darn close to it my wife and i are very very lucky our son is a great sleeper uh and he goes mm-hmm. to bed at 7 30 p.m every night no problem and sleeps all the way to the morning so oh, after 7 30 our whole evenings are free so we could make dinner we could watch a couple episodes of something and i can i still have a couple hours to play games and make it to bed before midnight oh man so I, but I know, I know that not everyone's experience is like that. That's just been my experience. But even when when our son was very young, they spend so much time. They're just you know sleeping at mm-hmm. odd hours of the day or just sitting there, 
I could, we could just plop him in his bouncer and have him face me and I could bounce it with my foot and I could play, <laughs> play games for a little bit. You know? yeah. I find, find those little pockets of time in there too. So I don't, I don't want to like scare if, if anyone, we have uh, listeners and viewers out there who haven't had kids yet. I don't want to like scare them uh, away from the notion of it. I think if you're lucky, you could, you could still find a time life yeah. finds a way to play video games. Well, I mean, you should, you should be a little scared. You should be a little scared. As they get older, uh, they, they're more self-sufficient and they sleep yeah. better. And yeah, it'll, it'll just come right now. You know, don't fight it. Embrace the fact that your life is topsy-turvy upside down. And if you just embrace yeah. that nothing is normal, you won't be as frustrated. Yeah. You definitely get, you get little pockets of time back that then add up to, you know, another 30 minutes or 60 minutes a day or whatever, as they get older, like, you know, my kids like bathe themselves now and get dressed themselves now. And that yeah. like used to be something I had to do. And, like yeah. <laughs> now it's just like, Oh, go take a shower and they just do it. And it's like, I'm not playing video games during that time, but like that stacking up of like parental duties starts to like loosen up eventually. And you just got to kind of hold on till then. And Tina, and then, or oh, sorry. Oh, I was just like half the reason I wanted to have kids was um, uh, to have board game partners when they're older. And so <laughs> it's been fun that we're getting to the point where, um, you know, now I can just start just absolutely crushing them at Catan. <laughs> like just no, no mercy at all. And Tina, I know, I know you, you watch a lot of shows and stuff. So like, how do you, how do you balance keeping up with wanting to watch everything you want to watch with also playing what you want to play? Um, it's a lot of binging. So I'll find like, you know, one weekend will be, okay, I'm going to play all Mass Effect Legendary Edition this entire weekend with pockets of time to like do other things. But predominantly it's a gaming weekend for me. Or if like the new season of Never Have I Ever comes out, I'll, I'll focus on that. And honestly, a lot of times it's related to work. So I kind of pace my schedule against things that I know will be topical, things that would be helpful for my editors if I'm in the loop on so I can give them hands-on edits and, and advice and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm lucky in that I'm just an aunt. So I get to, <laughs> you know, schedule kid time and I don't yeah. have to do the harder stuff, but from everything that I hear, it's all about yet. Yes. After they go to sleep is when you get it done essentially. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I should I should caveat everything that I was saying uh, with the the a mention that we are about to have a second child, so I know that the whole table is going to be flipped over for us. Ooh, it's way Our easier the second time around. Well, but it's still it's that, it's not going to be still true. juggling two kiddos. <clears throat> Yeah, but it's not going to be the same as it is now. Whereas after seven thirty p.m., we have our whole nights to ourselves. Oh yeah, anymore, so. <laughs> no, that is I, true. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to get your perspective, Damon, because that was definitely my perspective. Is that the second one was way easier? So the yeah, like the the paternity so. leave actually felt like a vacation. The first time it felt just <laughs> like a waking nightmare. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, um, you know, every kid is different. But I wonder if because Kingo is so easy maybe it's it'll be oh. hard for the second kid to be as easy i don't know mm. Let's see. that brings us to video game 20 questions and our suggestion suite comes from an email account called play random i don't have a name it's from play random so with that said let the questioning begin I don't like that. I like to know who... <laughs> I need to know the, the face of my accuser. Or at least the location. <laughs> general. General location, I should yeah. say. It's true. If they're in Europe, we got to think about those ZX Spectrum games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is it a specky so, game, mate? <laughs> uh, speaking of, was this uh, developed in Japan? No. Was this game released before the year 2000? No. Okay. Western game post millennium. Okay, okay. Did this game originally come out after January first, two thousand ten. Yes. Mm -hmm. So pretty modern. Is it on current gen? Uh, it was not released for current gen consoles. Okay. Which current gen is PS five and PS five X Series X. Yeah. Was this game developed in the United States? Yes, that's five. Is it part of a series? Yes. I think it's Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh yeah, I guess that came out in 2011. That's right. Yeah. So not this gen, but last gen. So that, that, that does actually span the very end of the 360 generation, correct? And then into the Xbox One and PS4 generation. 
I don't remember what year those consoles came out. 2013. Yeah. Okay, so maybe we should clarify. Did this game originally come out in the in the Xbox 360 PS3 era? Um okay, hold on. Wait. When do you think that era ends? When the, when the newer systems were released? Well, did it originally come out on one on on one of those consoles? No. Hmm. I uh, see. Now I'm worried. I hose myself because it's probably like you know some Wii game or something. <laughs> True. Is it a platform exclusive? Oh wait. What was the way that we phrased that question? Now, that's, I think that's the right way because <laughs> Plat- we ran into some problems. Platform, platform exclusive, right? exclusive. Yeah, yeah is correct. this is this a platform exclusive? No. So okay. it, it's a Multiplat. game made in the United States for the PS4 or Xbox One generation of consoles. Mm-hmm. And that that's that's actually we spent that many questions <laughs> to find out that and only that. <laughs> it was made in the West, in the US. Yeah. What else do we know? Do you shoot guns in this game? Hmm. I don't think so. Is it, is it an RPG? No, that's 10. Okay. So what are other games that you could possibly, there's clearly violence. So it's probably not like a puzzle game or something, but it's possible. It's more like swords and magic and you like to spend, you spend a lot more time reading Damon's answer. 100% 100% than I do. That is my style. Because <laughs> it's like, I don't think so. You don't shoot guns. Like, you're clearly not shooting guns. And Yeah, because you, then it, it means, like, you're, you're doing some violent activity, some fighting activity, and there might be, like, a special weapon. So it could be, like, a brawler, but maybe you pick up a, you know, a gun at some point and Damon doesn't know. Does this game have multiplayer in it? No. Hmm single player is it side scrolling no yeah okay so that wipes out a lot is it first person perspective no so we have a u.s made multi-platform game for ps4 era made in the u.s that's a third person or single player game it's we we don't know that it's third person. We just know it's not first person. Yeah, but, it's well, but, uh, but it's also not. Person. But it's also not side scrolling. Yeah, it, it could it's be a top down. Isometric. Yeah, could be. I, but, could be geometry wars, it. twin stick shooter. I doubt it. Ah. I it. I'm guessing it's the, just by but just by the probability um, count. I think that it's probably third. person. So what's a third-person game that you don't necessarily shoot guns in? Skyrim. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's part, part of a series. That uh, was another one. It can't actually be Skyrim because that did come out in the generation before. Yeah. It's um, RPG. All right. Not being an RPG, but not having guns is a little bit weird. I know, right? That's why I was heading in that direction. Third person. Maybe it's a stealth game that doesn't have guns. I don't know. What's another genre we might want to try? Racing. I mean, you know, it could be. We're not really doing great right now. <laughs> it yeah. could be. Do you when you are moving the controller around? Are you controlling um, like a person? Are you controlling a person in this game? You. Are you. Uh, you are they, are you are you, you on foot? You do not control the person. Oh. What does that mean? That means there's a Spaceships. person, but you don't control them. What, so what, like gravity rush? Or I don't know. No, I think it means they're the... in a vehicle. You're, you're controlling the, the person mm. inside, controlling the vehicle. It's a whole meta thing. Yeah. Yeah, or like, a, or like a Shadow of the Colossus where you're not controlling the horse, you're controlling the person on the horse. I just had a question and I lost it. Sorry. But you might oh, like, shoot should guns. Ask, should we ask if there are vehicles? I think, yeah, I think that, yeah. that would be good. Yeah. yeah. Are, there, are there vehicles in this game? Are you driving a vehicle? 
Well, driving really specifies it. Well, piloting, are there, are there, yeah, operating. <laughs> yeah, are you operating a vehicle? Mm-hmm. Uh, no. I wonder if it's a strategy game where you're giving like instructions, but you're not really controlling people because they're going about their AI directives. I think if they, I think if, it's like, I think if there are any vehicles in this game, they're purely decorative. Oh, and that's fifteen. I think it's like something like Gravity Rush or like Super Monkey Ball. Like in Super Monkey Ball, you're not moving the monkeys around. You're tilting the stage and then the monkeys roll around. Or I guess it could be a fighting game if there are decorative vehicles. But there's no multiplayer. Oh. Oh. Damn. (sighs) So you don't control the person. Yeah. So you're you're either controlling a person and telling them, go here, go there, do this, do that. Or you're manipulating the environment, and then they're they're zipping and zopping around it. It's got to be more environment because we're not controlling a person. Yeah, but it could be like a cursor or something mm-hmm. like in it, like in a. Although I don't know what single player strategy games there are. They did make those two Battle for Middle Earth ones. It could be like single player puzzle where are you a person in the witness? You are right. Yeah, ex- except that's yes, but that's first person. Oh, That's yeah. right, and it's not part of a franchise. Uh, does this game take place on Earth? Yes. Good question. Still didn't. I don't know. Didn't where, I don't know where Gravity Rush takes place. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think Monkey Ball games take place on Earth canonically. Those aren't. I, I guess it could be American a Shadow made. of the Colossus or like Papa EO situation, where you're just yeah. giving directives. That's what I was. That's, that's what part I'm of a yeah. franchise. That's what I don't. I guess Shadow of the Colossus is technically, technically a franchise. It's not American uh, made. Oh yeah. Uh, it also doesn't fit the time frame, but like, mm-hmm. that's also it's actually the opposite of what Damon said. Where in that game, you're not controlling the horse; you're controlling the person on the mm-hmm. horse. Um, but in this one, you're not directly controlling a person, but Should you're we... also not operating a vehicle should we go down the path of like i don't know are there like creatures in this game because like what else could you possibly be controlling or we could just say are you manipulating the environment in which this person exists well but we didn't say person like you could be a monster in this game yeah but he said you don't control the person meaning he accidentally confirmed there was a person sorry david (laughs) (laughs) or you gave us that one is more likely (laughs) throw us a bone (laughs) Could be like, I don't know. It could be something stupid, like a like a like some kind of god game where you're like controlling the weather. Yeah. You know? it, could, it could it could be the sim. It could it's the Sims. It's the Sims. <laughs> <laughs> Are vehicles purely decorative in the Sims? I have not kept up with the updates. Yeah, you, I mean, if there's cars and stuff, I don't. know, Maybe your Sim gets in a taxi or something to like go to work. But like, come on, you're not you're not driving vehicles in that game. That is true. It's the Sims. Uh, I'm try- how do I narrow it down? Um, like EA made or whatever. We could. Or is it a simu- simulation game? Yeah. Is this a, is this game in the simulation genre? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you? Um, <laughs> I I don't have a clever way to like. Into- is this game made by <laughs> by? Is this game made by Maxis? Yes. How many questions do we have left? One question. Oh, but boy. do we have one and a, one and a guess? Yeah, one and a guess. Okay, I okay. I have an important one. Are you a, are you planning a city in this game? No. Mm. Is it The Sims? Your guess is The Sims. Oh God! No, there's four. Because that's like, the original one. We have like which one came out in four. whatever era that we narrowed it down to. <laughs> give, me, give me a break. Yeah. Just mumble mumble a, a number at the end of. It. Is it The Sims? <laughs> I, w- I don't like. I wouldn't have goofed on those last three questions if I would have known you were going to do this to us. Whatever Sims game, Sims Four came out on the that that uh, era. It, is it four? Or is it three? It's four. or there was that weird one. There was Sim Cities Society, Sim Societies, or whatever it was. Oh, that, that was Sims. Oh, uh, multiplayer. City. That was a multiplayer one, though. That one was. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah. So yeah. you say it's you Sims, say Sims 4. Four. They've been like. I don't it. know if it's. I don't know if it's four or three. It's four. I will. It might not be. 
<laughs> I trust I us. Let's do it. It's four. It's four. Mm. All right. It's Sims the four. The Sims four. That's correct. What is, is yes! the Sims four? <laughs> Me and the one Sims thing that I know. Nice. Oh my god, we job. really got that in the last hall, though. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about monsters and vehicles. Yeah, that's you guys got there. Uh, a very, very yeah. popular game that probably hasn't ever been mentioned on this show before. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. that's about that. really a hard one because there's so many questions that are yes. Like, are there vampires in there? Like, yeah, actually, yeah. there oh, are. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have known that. I was going to ask a joke question of like, was there a controversy with babies in one of the editions of this game? Because wasn't that a thing for a while? <laughs> what was the controversy? Probably. I forget. I think it was like... Um, I, t- I totally forget. I don't want to guess and get okay. it. Wrong. Oh, this game, my wife played it for a while. There She'd come downstairs with a crazy story. She'd be like, yeah, my baby grew up and then he got married. And then the Grim Reaper <laughs> showed up. And now the Grim Reaper lives in my house with his ghost and they're married. Like what? what? Yeah. Okay. And I don't think there are guns. I think I, when I did a Google search, I think there are mods that can add guns. Oh things. yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. That's what that game needs. I've always said that. Mm-hmm. No, that's what I was missing. Uh, thank you for the suggestion. Play random. Viewers and listeners, if you have uh, your own 20 questions, suggestions, email them to me at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. And that is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you to Tina and Justin. Seth, I'm sure you, during in this past hour, he's gotten ideas for like 10 viral TikTok videos he's got to have <laughs> run off and make. So. Actually, where can we follow Seth on TikTok? Ac- yeah, we're Seth. The name is It's Setharama. <laughs> you've you've actually inspired me to maybe check out tiktok just because like, you and i have very similar tastes and so if you like tiktok i don't know maybe i'll like it too it's the, dumb the point is there's I, a tiktok for everything there so. really is yeah i guess so i'll find out like, maybe yeah uh thank you to mariah working behind the scenes to make the show possible my name is damon this is ig and game scoop and we're out
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.